Hello and welcome to an episode. <laughs> we had to do an intro for one of these. I, I was so self-conscious of not doing our like head bob thing that we do that I just. I'll, I'll, it's almost like I'm going to conduct her like leads in the, the act right for the absolutely biffed one of those. Intro. <laughs> yeah, I think you leave this in. Uh, uh, uh. I like the rant. Ranting is fun, but also makes cleanses the soul. Uh, Detroit is to be one of the best sports cities in the country, if not the best. Surely Javi can't be as bad this year as he was last year. Surely that can't be the case. One of the worst offenses, if not the worst offense, like in the modern era of baseball. Just absolutely atrocious. He is a piece of the puzzle. He is not the entire puzzle. Right. He's a puzzle piece, but he is not the entire puzzle. This is the Michigan and Trumbull podcast with your hosts, Alex S. Freeman and Luke Giaconis. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Michigan and Trumbull podcast. I'm Alex Freeman, joined as always by Luke Giaconis. Luke, how you doing? Well, you know... I think depending on how you you look at this situation as a listener or a viewer of our show, maybe people are happy that we're only dropping an episode every other week because they don't have to hear my voice sound like an idiot every single week. Maybe they're sad because had we done this episode last week, I probably would have been singing a completely different tune about the Detroit Tigers than we're probably going to sing today. Mm -hmm. um, that really was an answer to your question of how am I doing. I'm pretty fair. I'm having a, having a good Tuesday. And uh, feeling good. It's a nice day here in Florida. Um, I may or may not be uh, heading out tomorrow for a little vacation. So who's to say? Well, That's pretty awesome, too. With, with that in mind, Luke, let's timestamp this episode for our listeners. Okay. Because we are recording um, not significantly earlier than we normally do. We normally record on a Thursday evening. Uh, mm -hmm. It is, in fact, Tuesday mm -hmm. early evening. Um, in mm -hmm. fact, game two of the doubleheader against the Cleveland Guardians is ongoing. And just to really mm -hmm. give you a very accurate timestamp, it is the bottom of the seventh. The Tigers have two men on and one out. Um, and Jake Rogers is up to bat. So if you want to know the exact moment <laughs> that we are recording this episode, that is it. Uh, so That's sometime in the middle of this episode, we will know how the double header against the guardians went, but that's sort of where we're, where we're at in the Tigers schedule as we, as we start to talk about how things are going with the team. Uh, I'm doing good. I'm actually in Texas um, for the next couple of weeks. Cause my wife is doing a show at Dallas theater center. So I'm just hanging out down here, just kind of doing that whole work from home life. Uh, you know, doing, doing, living the dream. Maybe we'll check out a Rangers game. I don't know. Um, I went to Globe Life. I wasn't overly impressed the last time I went to Globe Life. Mm -hmm. It was fine. Mm, um, just fine. Now, just, let me ask you this question. Mm -hmm. Is everything bigger in Texas? Um, uh, yes, yes. Oh, um, including uh, minor annoyances. Bigger in Texas. Um, <laughs> well, there's a lot of annoyances I think we could, get, <laughs> we could both agree on with Texas, but that's for a whole other different show. That is a whole um, different episode. Whole different episode. Well, that's good. I, I'm glad to hear. Yeah, you're you are in you are in Texas. I'm in Florida. Tomorrow, well, by the time people listen to this, I'll already be back from 
Walt Disney World in beautiful Orlando, Florida. But hey, what can you do? Um, look, they don't want to know what we're doing on vacation, Alex. The listeners and the viewers want to know what we think about the Detroit Tiger. So it's true. I'm going to kick it to you first. I mean, okay, what are your great. thoughts? I mean, I'll, let me paint the picture here for you. So we mm-hmm. enter the season. Things don't look great. Get your teeth kicked in by the Tampa Bay Rays. They go on to win 13 in a row. Just a real rough start to the season. Then they play somewhat well against the Houston Astros. Maybe let a loss slip away. Uh, didn't play the cleanest baseball, but they took two of three. Then they go back home. They get swept by the Boston Red Sox. They look atrocious. Then they go on the road to Toronto. We're, all, we're in all three of those games, led at one point in time, but only took two out of three. And then you look at this past weekend while we're recording. They take two out of three to the Giants. Two walk-offs have you. I'll have you. The game gets rained out on Sunday. That now puts us at the doubleheader on Tuesday because of a rain out on Monday. Tigers not only uh, victims of bad base running early on in the season, but also Mother Nature apparently has it out for them. Just as they were getting hot, she decided to cancel things. Or or does just someone in the Comerica Park vicinity not know how to accurately look at a weather guide on the weather app on their phone? Maybe turn on the weather channel. My grandparents always watch it because from what we can tell and what social media was saying as well, really didn't seem to be much of a cause to cancel those games, but that's for another conversation. So where we're standing though currently is Tigers are six and nine. Nice. If they win this second game against the Cleveland guardians, they go to seven and nine. They're currently in third place. The offense is clicking. The bullpen actually looks good. The starting pitchers are starting actually like competent starting pitchers. Alex Freeman, what say you about this current Tigers team? And just so we're keeping track at home, Jake Rogers and uh, Nick, May- Nick Maytime got out. Tigers head to the top of the eighth, still one nothing against the Guardians. But before we talk about this game, Alex, back to you. What do you think? Well, I think if listeners go back to the last episode of the show, um, they will hear me say something along the lines of, I think we're in for a streaky team this year. Um, uh, you know, f- four in a row is, is really nice um, to be sitting on, on that. Um, I don't know that I ever expected them to go that long with a winning streak. Um, I was more of a two on two off as I believe what I said in the last episode. And I think that that's what we're seeing. Um, hopefully um, this is a, 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 a good sign of like what they're going to do this season that they, they maybe have finally figured things out. But I do also feel as a fan that um, we've spent many of the last few years on this show, Luke saying like, Hey, maybe they finally figured it out only for them to then just completely implode on themselves. Um, so I think I'm, I'm taking a little bit more of a cautious approach mm-hmm. uh, to, to how I'm feeling about the Tigers at this specific moment. Um, now, Luke, um, as you go into this, should I cue up your rant music? Not yet. Not yet. Okay, but, great. Uh, I'll tell you, you when to give me the cue. So here's what I think. I, I echo a lot of, a lot of your thoughts too. I'm very excited that this win streak happened. I mean, I think they had lost what it was it six or seven in a row uh, kind of dating back to what well, they got. They lost the one, three. Yeah. So I think they had lost at a point in time, uh, six in a row, if I'm not mistaken. That's, that's how high the losing streak got to. Um, it's uh, winning. Look, winning in any sport. It doesn't matter what it is always cures everything what i am taking as the biggest win obviously outside of the actual wins themselves is they actually look like a spunky let's keep scrapping baseball team Mm -hmm. whereas when they played tampa bay when they played boston um 
the games that they've lost. I really won't count the Toronto series because they were in most of those games at a point in time. They honestly should have won two two out of three, but bad base running really killed them in that second game. Let's just maybe look at the Tampa and the Boston series. They um, just didn't look like they had any life. They looked like they didn't have any fight in them. So now to see these comeback wins, let's keep in mind, again, as we're recording now, we'll see how the game two goes, but their last three wins have all been walk-offs. Nick Maton hit the 3-1 walk-off. Miggy had the walk-off single. And then Kerry Carpenter in game one of the doubleheader hit the walk-off solo shot in the bottom of the ninth. So, like, I love the scrappiness in them. And if you – it goes without saying, but that win they had against the Giants on the Saturday game where they believe they were down 6-1 to one and came back and won 7-6, that was a great win. And I know that's uh, that's – that's a no brainer, but that's just, that's the kind of fight I want to see from these, from this team. And I guess after years and years and years of their not being that, is it too much to ask for that? We at least have a scrappy team at some point. I mean, you would hope, but it seems like it's just such an inconsistent thing that we have with that. So I'm, I'm excited now. Um, do I think this is a sustainable rate of play? I'm going to say, no, I don't. Um, but it is just nice to see that this team has some life in them. It has some fight in them. Uh, and that's, I think what, what, you know, really has been the one kind of saving grace for me, I would say. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I'm sorry. I'm also distracted. I'm watching the game at the top base here. Let's just keep tabs on it, but, um, it's, it's, things are okay right now. Mm-hmm. I, I can't just forgive how they played against Tampa and Boston, but, Things are okay right now, I guess I would say. I'm not gonna throw a parade anytime soon, but at least we're seeing some fight. They look like a they look like a major league baseball team, yeah. and I guess this could be a great time to cue in my rant music because I do have a rant, and I'm not as angry now as I was last week. But AJ Hinch, I do have a message for you. All right, well here we go. I shortened it. I added a fade. Nice. Great. That's great work. Cause otherwise I would have had to keep shadow boxing for another two hours and nobody wants to see that. AJ Hinch, my man, let's talk. You are no doubt a very, very smart, not only human being, but obviously a baseball manager, a manager of this game. Why does he consistently, in my opinion, feel the need to be mundane and monotone and not show any fight? Now, caveat to this whole thing is I would have really ripped into him last week had this rate of play continued. But, and I and I call me old school, call me old fashioned, or just call me a naive dumbass. Probably all three might be acceptable. Look what happens when you show just even a little bit of spark, a little bit of fire. He benches Javi Baez. Javi Baez, you can make an argument, has looked as good as he has ever looked in a Tiger uniform Mm -hmm. since his benching. I know it's a very small sample size, but anybody who watched that 12-pitch at-bat against the San Francisco Giants, that is the Javi Baez we all want to see. That is the Javi Baez we all thought we were getting when he signed the contract extension going into 22. So... I just wish AJ Hinch would show more of this fire uh, more. And he not, not even, you don't have to be Bobby Cox. You don't have to be Lou Pinella. You don't have to be, you know, whomever going out there and 
just being an absolute nut job with umpires and getting tossed and you know, Lloyd McClendon stealing first base, anything like that. You don't, you don't have to go to that extent, but sometimes AJ's laissez faire and laid back attitude is incredibly aggravating. And it's not only aggravating because it's like, does this guy even care? Which I know he cares, but I think back to those comments he made in 2021 when things were looking rather promising, the whole thing of, well, if you don't want to come here and play with us, we'll beat you. That's a great start, but I feel overall, not a lot of it is his doing by any means. Since he's made those comments, he hasn't really followed through and backed up that kind of uh, tenacity, so to speak. So mm-hmm. I just wish he showed a little more oomph. I don't need him to go out there and get into a fist fight with Angel Hernandez, although I would put my money on AJ over Angel for what it's worth. But I just wish he had a little bit more of that spark. I wish he maybe had a little bit more of that Bobby Cox in him, just a little bit. But, you know, I guess maybe, I know the game has changed. I know that's, you know, it's much more analytical now. I just wish, and I feel like I've said this in the past, he would do that more. And just, again, a very small sample size. He didn't make an example out of Javi Baez. He he didn't, like, you know, berate him in front of his teammates. Mm-hmm. He pulled him aside in the tunnel, benched him. Javi took it like a man. They shook hands, walked away. And look at it. Now Javi Baez is playing the best baseball he's probably ever played for the Tigers. Very small sample size, I get it. But still, I do think there is some correlation between the two. So, AJ... Just a little bit, please. Wake the hell up. Just a little bit, please. So, Luke, my only real follow-up question here is, um, what manager in Major League Baseball do you most want to see take a swing at Angel Hernandez? That's a great question. Um, I'm not saying they have to have the best odds of winning the fight. It's just like, that's the rumble you want to see. Isn't, well, let's see, Gabe Kapler, he's with San Francisco. He's he's yeah. a pretty in-shape dude. I think he would rock Angel Hernandez. For the comedy factor of it all, Bruce Bochy with the Rangers. Oh, maybe a little so Dusty good. Baker. little Dusty Baker action, maybe. Oh, yes, um, give me Dusty. It, it would have been good to see old man La Russa during his tenure with oh, the White Sox. Would have been brilliant. Yeah, that, that could have been pretty good. Um yeah, yeah, I would oh, AJ Hinch versus Angel Hernandez in a fist fight. I would take AJ Hinch all day. It'd be easy money. Would, wouldn't even be an issue. Wouldn't even be an issue. But yeah, I mean, what do you think about that? I mean, do you think I'm am I being unreasonable? I know it's a little bit hard now to really go at him with the pitchforks because they are playing better baseball. But like, am I alone on this? Am I making a mountain out of a molehill? What do you think? No, I think you're absolutely right, and I think that the 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 little bit of a spark into their play that has like kind of shifted them into what feels like a new level um, and like the appropriate level and into the right gear kind of backs up your point that like, that's what, that's what it takes. And like, we we've said for, for much of his tenure that like, we don't know what he's actually saying to these guys in the dugout, what he's saying behind closed doors, because to the media, except for that one statement, we haven't really seen him get fired up. Yeah. um in any way and like we we talked about it in his first season like we were like i kind of want to see aj get tossed from a game because like we haven't even seen that um mm-hmm. and that that can sometimes motivate your guys uh to to go do things and like yeah it's a it's a new it's a new era you certainly don't need a guy who's just going to be screaming all the time uh but you want to see the passion and you want to see the you want to see him get mad at some guys. You want to see him get mad at Javi Baez for not taking a pitch. Um, mm-hmm. And I think we're, we're finally starting to see that um, 
and it's paying dividends. Well, you also, it's the thing of like, with, with a guy like Javi, you know, I think he needs that sometimes. Like Javi Baez, love him or hate him, I think we can all agree, he's got to be one of the cockiest players in baseball. Yeah. So it, it's good sometimes to kind of bring someone with that big personality and that ego back down to reality. So you're not bigger than the team. I mean, what really, you know, was the most egregious thing, I think, other than the base running mistake was after being abysmal on offense, you know, all season thus far, he hits a ball that I think he hit it to the moon, which he didn't, didn't go out. Had he busted his ass out of the box, easily could have had probably a triple easily you know he got into the second base with a double but it's just like dude it's those little things with aj too and another thing with aj that i wish and this kind of goes back into my uh my grievance i have with him being a kind of that monotone mundane manager at times is i don't need you to go out there and tell the fans and the media exactly what's going on behind closed doors because he has that privilege as the manager to withhold information from us fans and the media he's allowed to do that i get that but just something like the, the cliche of like, we got to go out there. Oh, we don't just, I'm already thinking about the next game tomorrow. Well, AJ, if you keep thinking of the next game tomorrow, after you've lost 11 games in a row, <laughs> you're going to be looking at a lot of games to try to make it up on the back end. So maybe focus more on that game that day, win it rather than, well, I'm already just thinking about what's happening tomorrow. No, no. Maybe think about what you screwed up about half hour ago, why you're in here giving the same excuse we've heard for the last two weeks. Yeah. Just a thought that that's something I'm just like, come on, dude. I understand for our audience that the the current game that is happening while we're recording this episode will will be almost a week old by the time you listen to this. But let's talk about Erod's pitching performance. Yeah. He's on eight yeah. innings. Well, yeah, that was first of all, obviously his best start of the year. But in general, I feel like you know. I know it's so it's so this is the one thing that's hard about doing taking the week off in between episodes because I feel like we got to think all the way back to two weeks ago um, when you know we're trying to pull from but with Chris Fetter I think the Fetter magic is real you know look at this bullpen in particular what they did against the Giants on that Saturday comeback was was phenomenal I mean as of now knock on wood they're blanking the Cleveland Guardians as they're going to head into the top of the ninth to try to take two games of the double header so Foley is Erod, up, so it looks like Foley is going to come in and take the ninth. Okay, yeah. So Erod is, you know, he's looking good. Um, who pitched on? Um, who got lit up? Boy, this feels. I'm not really dig back into my. Oh, Michael Lorenzo. I love. I, what a what a what a wonderful change <laughs> that you had to you had to hesitate a second and think about who got lit yeah, up as opposed to just like true. name a random pitcher on the Tigers roster. And it was probably them. Yep, is Elvin <laughs> Rodriguez still with the team? It was probably that guy. He was worthless. Um, no, Mac, Michael Lorenzo had a rough go against the Giants. That was rough for him. Uh, Matthew Boyd, I think, looked pretty good from what I watched in Game One against the Guardians. Uh, you know, he kind of had a Matthew Boyd start, but enough to keep them in the game. And that was great. And again, another game, I'm going to take it back to the offense for a second. The offense came back from that game. They were down three to one and they yep. had a couple of nice innings, a couple of nice at-bats. I think Eric Haas had three hits in that game. And obviously Kerry Carpenter came up with the big solo shot. The Nick Mayton walk-off home run uh, against that first game against the Giants was a blast. And then of course, 
M- Miguel Cabrera could tie his shoes, and I think we're all going to get emotional at this point in time because we yeah. love that man so much. So to get to see him have another walk-off moment, his first ever time in his career, he had a pinch hit. I believe it was walk-off hit, if I'm not mistaken. Pretty mm-hmm. phenomenal stuff. Um, you know, it's it's. <laughs> I feel bad. Had these listeners and our viewers gotten a show last week, I think we would have had to get the bleep button out because I was irate with some of the the baseball we were saying, and rightfully so. It looked like Little League bullshit, quite frankly. But for what it's worth, winning cures everything, and they have found a way, they always do, to just give you a little bit of hope, just a little bit of hope that maybe, just maybe this is it. Um, Yeah, so... That, that's kind of where I'm at there. Also, in just some injury news, uh, Matt Manning obviously going to be on the shelf for mm-hmm. a little bit uh, with the, uh, I think it was the broken toe. And for the last time I saw Austin Meadows was working out with the team. Uh, so maybe uh, come back for Austin. Should we talk about Austin Meadows real quick? Because I know we did yeah, cover that talk, on, let's on talk the last about Austin. episode. Let's talk about Austin and his uh, uh, mental health-related time on the injured reserve list. Yeah, so here's the thing, Tiger fans. Um and when anyone's injured, you, you can't you can't give them you know mm-hmm. any crap for being injured. I mean, you know, yeah, you can. Some players they get injured, you know, if they have you know a hangnail. That they, they it seems like they're on the aisle for six months, and I get that. I I get the frustrations of that. Guys like fan. your and, favorite your favorite White Sox, clunky Eloy Jimenez. Clunky Eloy Jimenez, or if you are a Chicago Bears fan out there, hi, hello, me, hi, it's me, hi, it's me on the problem, it's me, uh, Kevin White former first round pick the Bears had, who was just Mr. Glass himself. But, and I'm not trying to um, take anything away from, you know, physical, you know, a, a ACL or, you know, Tommy John, anything like that. Those are obviously very serious injuries that need to be dealt with accordingly. But mental health mm-hmm. is such an important thing that it, we, we, we cannot become complacent. We have to discuss these matters head on. We have to support these people who go through mental health issues and crises head on. And I, as angry as I was with the Tigers last week for the rate of play they had, I was very impressed by all the comments um, from AJ Hinge, as well as the team uh, backing up Austin Meadows. I get it. It is frustrating. He, we thought we won that trade with Paredes. We thought Austin Meadows was going to be a key player last season this season and it just hasn't been that way thus far for him unfortunately but we cannot turn our backs on someone like that who is going through something like that so i just have to say kudos to the tigers and for the fans out there who you know want to call him a bust and want to throw shots his way i get why that might be easy to do based on the narrative of what he was coming out of that trade and he hasn't played much at all as a tiger, I get it. Don't do it. Um, it's low hanging fruit. And for something like that, we don't know what he's going on through the mental health crisis uh, in this world is very, very real. And I think we, we have to give these people the time and the process to, to handle it as they see fit, whether you're a major league baseball player or someone who is, you know, flipping burgers at a Wendy's, it doesn't matter. Does it mental mental health issues? They they don't pick and choose based on your profession. So the best course of action is just to support those and be there for those who need. It. And I just thought we should address that. Yeah, I agree completely. And it's and it's also um, I I echo your 
uh, feeling proud as a Tigers fan for the way the way in which the organization has handled this, um, the way in which they've issued statements of support. They are giving him the time that he needs, um, and I, I presume giving him the the resources that he needs as well um, to to get better, to to work through this. And to to Tigers fans, like, do, would you want a guy in the outfield playing with a separated shoulder? No. And this is it's essentially the exact same thing that he, there is there is something wrong and he needs to get better um yep. and and we we don't we don't want him to be on the field trying to play through something um that is 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 hurting him um and would ultimately hurt the team um if we want to be you know pure wins and losses about it that if there's a guy out there who is um unmotivated feeling all sorts of the the various symptoms that come with with um anxiety and depression um he's his his eyes not going to be on the ball forgive the baseball metaphor there um like he's gonna he's gonna make mistakes he's gonna do all these things that that are going to be an an outstretch of of him being unwell and and we want him to get healthy so that he can be the player that the tigers and I agree with feel like he can be for this organization moving forward. Yeah. And I think too, and you know, I can raise my hand anyone who listens to our show or follows the Twitter account. I love throwing my shots. I think that definitely comes to the territory when you are a professional athlete, but I think as human beings, we all have to realize that there is a line sometimes. And for the people who are going after the tigers or Austin Meadows in particular, it's just, it's not a great look. Um, so I would just say, Give the man his peace. Let him be. Let him get his stuff figured out. Austin Meadows can still 100% when he is physically and mentally healthy. He can and he will contribute to this team. I have no doubt about it in my mind. It's been a slow burn. It's and I if we're imagine if you're a Tigers fan right now and you're frustrated and annoyed with this, then just imagine being the person who actually has to go through it. Yeah. And I have to the <laughs> mental the mental warfare he's probably going through. I won't even try to begin to speculate because I don't know what exactly it is and that's none of my business um all you can do is just be there so i think that's just kind of the best way to be there and, and support you know it's interesting it's interesting that we we kind of went that route luke because yeah obviously like looking at the the parades meadows trade um that the jury's still still out i think because i think i don't think we can properly judge the trade um until austin has had some some actual playing time with the tigers and one thing that's also interesting to me is that um, when we initially talked about that trade potentially being a bust, when Austin was going with the, when he had the inner ear issues mm-hmm. um, is kind of wondering if the rays had a sense mm-hmm. that something was up. Um, and I'm, I don't know. I don't know what the mental health protocols are in major league baseball. Um this this certainly feels like a, maybe not a first case, but uh, uh, certainly something different than what we've normally seen um, in terms of like guys being on and off the IR um, for for different issues. Um, mm-hmm. And and perhaps some of those guys that we we think of as being glass and going on the IR for something as as like like a hangnail, maybe what they're actually dealing with is a mental health thing. And there's there's such a stigma attached to that that they they don't want to say that that's what it is um yep. and and so 
I'm just, I just, I, I legitimately don't know. I'd be interested to see if there's more open discussions about, about these types of issues in major league baseball. Um, Cause it is such a, it is a, such a long season for these guys um, to be away from your family. Like, even if your family, like if, even if your family lives in Detroit, like you're not seeing them during the season. Like you yep. maybe see them when you go home at night, but then you got to be back at the stadium the next day pretty early. So, mm-hmm. and then you take into consideration you're traveling half the, the season as well, yeah. you know, living on a suitcase. Yeah. I mean, there's, there is a whole other side to it, you know, that none of us know. And I know, and again, I'm not trying to act like I'm above. I've, definitely slinged my fair share of mud and made my jokes and my bits and everything. I think, you know, that all comes with the territory, but you just have to know that there is a line. So uh, just like I said, be there, support and don't be that guy or gal who's, you know, throwing, throwing the cheap shot when someone's really down. Don't, don't kick them while they're down, try and help them up. And uh, that's probably the best way to go about it. And positive news. I think we might both be thinking the same thing. The Detroit Tigers just swept the Cleveland Guardians in a day doubleheader. Good stuff. One nothing. Eduardo Rodriguez gets the win. Jason Foley has looked phenomenal out of the bullpen. Yeah, best pitcher out of the so pen great. this season. And uh, the Riley Green solo shot held up. Tigers now go to seven and nine. How about that? And I believe uh, two and a half games out of first place. I believe so. I believe so as well. That's a five game win streak. Yeah, that's five. Not in a row. bad. So didn't even need a walk off this time. What's that? They didn't even need a walk-off this time. It's true. They well, they they finally snapped, snapped their walk-off streak, unfortunately. That's okay. I'm cool with winning games and not having to go to extra innings. It's a very, so very let's slow look, walk-off. Yeah, so let's look at it this way. So we've got one more game against Cleveland, off day on Thursday. Then they do a little road trip to Baltimore, Milwaukee, and then four back home against Baltimore to round out the month of April. Mm-hmm. They're two games under 500 right now with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven more to go. This team breaks 500 for the rest of the way. They finish two to three games, maybe I'll even give them four or five under 500. That's a win. That's a that huge, is a huge April for for this team. Huge huge April to me. That will again. I'm not going to celebrate them being five games under 500. There's still five <laughs> games, under, but coming out of the last two Aprils, looking at how this team started going into this month of April, if you would have told me this time last week that there are two games under 500 and they've got a very legit. I mean, honestly, if they go five and six the rest of this month. They will finish three games under 500 going into May. Now, again, not a great mentality to have when you're okay and, with being under 500. And in May, but still think be about in the title hunt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is something yeah. that we haven't legitimately been in years. And if you look at their month of May, I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves. Let's, you know, because they still got Baltimore, who's scrappy. Milwaukee's always scrappy. They got another game against the Guardians tomorrow. I'm not just going to say that's a, a, a rollover when we know how much Cleveland's beaten the shit out of Detroit these last few years. But, but a, seri- a series win against a division opponent, which is... Not only that, you're looking at two series wins in a row with the Giants and the Cleveland Guardians. So, look, I mean, baseball's a weird game, and maybe this is something, a nice little reminder for me to, you know, practice a little more patience. Um, but they just, they look, they look better. This, this looks like an actual competent team. This looks like that team that we thought maybe going into the season, maybe this is this, maybe this is the team that yes, is going to struggle, but 
they're going to go out there and fight and scrap. I think that's what a lot of people forget about 2021. We all know they were they, they fought and scrapped a lot, but they were in so many of those games yeah. from May to September. They really were. Other than that atrocious month of April, I still stand by the fact, had they just found a way to break out of that month of April, five, you know, five under 500 or right around 500, whatever, they would have finished that year above 500. They really would have. But they just got mm-hmm. off such an abysmal start that it completely just uh, sunk them the rest of the season. So, you know, We'll see how it goes. You don't want to get too ahead of yourselves. Last week, we were ready to cancel the season. We don't want to start planning a parade this week, but positive signs of life, which I think is what you're hoping for when you're in year 48 of a rebuild. Yeah, I agree completely. Now, Luke, I had another question I wanted to talk to you about um, in this show and in the in the understanding that I I know way, 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 way too early for this conversation. But I want to take us back to January real quick. Mm-hmm. And the trade with the Phillies, where Gregory Soto and Cody Clemens went to Philadelphia, the Detroit Tigers received Matt Veerling, Nick Maton, and Donnie Sands, the mm-hmm. number 21 prospect per MLB pipeline in the Phillies organization. I would have told you, without hesitation, it was a fine trade for the Tigers, but the Phillies won that trade. I don't feel that way anymore. How do you feel about that trade? Well, the jury's still so I'm not I'm not ready to declare a winner yet. If you're asking me who won the trade three weeks into the season, it's the Detroit Tigers. I may have a completely different tune by the All-Star break by the end of the year, but as it currently stands, it's the Tigers. Um, you know, we really, we, you know, we don't do a lot of coverage during the off season, but that trade, all that, all that trade was for the Tigers was potential upside. I don't think anybody expected Gregory Soto to be around much because we knew he was, you know, rumored to be a trade chip even last season. Uh, Cody Clemens, yeah, maybe that was a little surprising just because he really didn't have much of a go in Detroit minus last uh, kind of like June, July, August, that time frame, whatever. Um, but there was only upside, right? Or potential upside with Veerling and Maton. They were, you know, young guys can play positions quick. None of that spark, those aggressive hitters in the box, which it seems like Scott Harris is trying to kind of, you know, get to the organization and get those guys in the box to be kind of just those pests in the lineup. So as it stands now, yeah, they, they I would say the Tigers have definitely won the trade. Both of those guys have had huge moments with the Tigers in just these first few weeks. I mean, Nick Maton, the walk-off, Matt Veerling had the go-ahead shot in Houston. So, yeah, absolutely. Veerling robbed a home run today? Oh, did he? I didn't even see that in the highlights. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Yeah, I mean, look, man, you know, obviously we're seeing a different tune. Again, I can't stress that enough. Had we done this show last week, we would have probably been just smashing walls and everything in our sight. Winning cures everything. But not only are they winning baseball games, they're doing it in an actual Major League Baseball fashion. They look competent. Yeah. They're playing – for the most part, relatively clean baseball. They're still not a perfect team by any means, but they're they're making quick adjustments to the mistakes they had last week and in weeks prior. The bullpen, again, not a not a lot of name power, star power in that bullpen. But right now, knock on wood, they're getting the job done. They just blanked the Cleveland Guardians for God's sakes. Now I get granted, Eduardo Rodriguez went eight innings, but still, Eduardo Rodriguez, yeah. Erod just threw an eight-inning shutout against the Cleveland Guardians. That deserves some respect. That deserves some kudos. So, 
things are like looking at like looking at the numbers like as i think about that trade so i think the way that i think about that trade like yeah it feels like clemens for sands and then veerling and maton for soto that kind of like is how it breaks down in my head Mm -hmm. um and so if i look at like gregory soto's numbers so far this year he's got a 5.4 era over 6.2 innings pitched Again, we've said this a couple times during the show about other people. Small sample size, I understand. But for the first time in a long time, it feels like the Tigers traded a guy at the exact right moment. Um, as opposed to, ah, we're, we're not going to make a move with this guy. And then he falls apart or something goes awry. And suddenly we're not getting the same return. Gregory Soto was having that season right now for us. We're not getting anything in return for Gregory Soto. Mm-hmm. And or on the flip side, let me let me throw another thing at you. The Tigers getting kind of ahead of a trade in the right way. The Tigers trading someone before they have a chance to develop. Looking at you, Trace Tom- Trace Thompson with the LA Dodgers. <laughs> Cash considerations? Are you kidding me, Al Avila? Are you actually kidding yeah. me, sir? So <laughs> unbelievable. You know, I, but I think I like looking, looking at the off season, we were a little like eh about the the Scott Harris era of of Detroit Tigers baseball, but now. As the, as we're starting to like see things play out, I'm getting more and more excited about about Scott Harris era baseball in, in Detroit. I need to see more. I can't just I can't give Scott um, an A on the report card just because for the last week a trade he made in the off season has looked good for the Tigers. I can't do it. I need to see more. I still think he completely dropped the ball with not trying to bring in one the two somewhat bona fide relievers to add some gravitas to this bullpen. I mean, until you think about it, the Tigers gutted their bullpen, traded Fulmer mm-hmm. last season, didn't bring back Funkhauser, and he was granted injured last season. You trade Soto, you trade Joe Jimenez, and I'm not saying these guys, we, we, we've ranted on those guys for many seasons in the past, but for what it's worth, they seem to all kind of be gelling and clicking as you know a cohesive unit they don't bring back andrew chafin they let him walk to arizona and then scott harris just brings in a couple you know guys who look like they're over the hill or people who have never thrown a pitch in the major leagues before and rightfully so the narrative on that doesn't look great so i'm just um i'm I'm not ready yet to give scott the a plus but i'm willing to say yeah it looks fine right now let's let's keep monitoring though that specific trade Mm-hmm. this entire season because i think that will be a first look if we get to the end of september and those guys are spark plugs we're gonna be like we are in for a good off season with scott harris you know if he can kind of puppet master his his way like he did with mayton and veerling um but we just gotta wait and see jury's still out on that for me i, I yeah the last week has been fun with nick mayton and matt veerling but it's a long season it's a very long season so i can't quite give him the props yet yeah no i agree completely i agree completely so okay luke my number is today inspired by a text from sean young in our baseball group chat that we have um that he sent to poke a little fun at resident A's fan Tom, who's also an Avalanche fan, so he's fine right now in this time. And he's a year. Niners fan. He's like yeah. he's, he's yeah. fine. Everybody, he's fine. yeah. Don't feel bad for Tom B. 
being a fan of the Oakland A's. Alex is uh, a Tigers and a Lions fan. I'm a Tigers and Bears fan. All right, we've like, come on, like the the um, NFC Central champion Detroit Lions. I can't wait to get the football season because I've got. A, this is a very bold prediction. I'm going off baseball for a moment. I I have no I have no beef with the Detroit Lions. I don't. I I'm I consider myself. I as always say like I'm the extended member of the Detroit sports family because I'm with the Tigers for half my year. I have no beef with the Detroit Lions. They've been worse than the Bears for many, many seasons, and that's saying a lot. Um, but, and I might be wrong on this, only time will tell. We'll definitely keep touch on this, you know, through the football season. I feel like Lions fans are setting themselves up for some severe disappointment this season. I'm not saying they're going to go out and, and you know, go 0-17. I'm not saying that at all. But I feel like the Lions think they are just going to run away with the NFC North. And I don't think it's going to be as easy as they think. Um, I think people are putting a lot of eggs in their basket on Jared Goff. Yep, he had a real nice season last year. But track record-wise, not the most consistent across the board. I do think they were a little foolish not to try to go out and get Lamar Jackson. I think I they bring that. in Lamar Jackson. I think, I think then, then they are. Then they're the new top dog in the NFC North. Um, with Rodgers being on the bubble. Kirk Cousins, you know, he's Kirk Cousins. And I think the Bears will be improved this season, no doubt about it. But what level they'll be improved, we'll kind of wait and see. I think a lot depends on how their draft goes soon. I think that's going to be the big thing for the Chicago Bears. But had the Lions gone out and gotten Lamar, then then I would believe the hype. But Jared Goff. I think there's a yeah, chance yeah, the, had Lions, a good, the Lions had a good year last year. Had, had, had a good years last year. But longevity wise eh, he's very hot and cold hit and miss so we'll see we'll see but lions fans i i, I love the optimism i do because i have no beef with you truly i have no beef with detroit lions or their fans but as someone who's been burned by a detroit sports team uh for many many years <laughs> uh may i offer just pacing yourselves just a little just a little we would all run through a wall for dan campbell and so we will not be pacing ourselves Okay, but would you run through a Little Caesars brick wall if it meant we could throw Chris Illich out of Comerica Park? Absolutely, 100%. Let's go. All right, let's get the helmets. Let's do this thing. I would only eat Little Caesars pizzas as my pizza for the rest of my life if it meant Chris Illich would life. sell the team right now. Wow. All right. To an owner All that right. wanted to win a championship. Little Caesars every day for the rest of your life? That would be brutal. That'd be brutal. Maybe a Jets pizza. Jets pizza is so good. Now we're going on the pizza topic. Oh, I, would, boy, oh, I, don't, boy. I don't know who owns Jets pizza, but they should buy the 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 Tigers. I think that I don't know who owns Jets pizza, but they should do me a courtesy and send me a pizza the minute the show concludes recording because I am hungry and that sounds delightful. All right, so let's. Anyways, do you had some numbers. Let's do the numbers so that you can go. You can go eat a Jets pizza. Um, <laughs> some numbers. So also real quick, I'm sorry. I'm oh, sorry. I, just I apologize. Sean Young didn't send this. Colin Lyman sent this. I apologize, Colin. I, you, you need to give the right credit. You're the one. Was he poking fun at, was he, was Colin poking fun at Tom? Yeah. Oh, so much for the whole nice guy moniker. Resident Give me nice a guy, Colin Lyman. Coming nice for Tom Nice guy, Souls. Colin Lyman. Guy's the biggest By bully the in the world. Everyone so knows that. He sent a picture from Barstool Baseball that's. Okay that had this statistic, Oakland's minus 62 run differential is the worst by a team through its first 15 games since the 1988 
Orioles. So Luke, that inspired me. Um, the numbers I'm looking at, just so you know, are not updated through today. So um, we're not quite, so these are as of uh, the games ended Monday mm -hmm. um, is where these numbers are up to date. Where do the Detroit Tigers rank in run differential this season? Okay, so we got the A's dead last. That is correct. Currently at minus did, 72 through 17. And then who's in, who, who's in first? I just got a curiosity. Can you give me that so I can kind of have a gauge here? No, that would give it away. No, I'm just kidding. It's the Tampa Bay Rays with a run differential of plus <laughs> oh, yeah, 65. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. That, that, I should have thought about that. They lost like four in a row now or something ever since going on that winning streak. I could be wrong. Yeah. Uh, so as, of, the runs, as of Monday's games, they were 14 and three. Oh, wow. What a terrible start for the Rays. Just a bunch of complete sandbaggers. Broads. Okay. Um, all right. Let's see here. Um, I'm going to, you know, I don't think it's as bad as I think it is in my brain, mm -hmm. but there were a couple losses this year where they lost like 14 to three. Um, I'm going to put them just not quite outside of the top 20. Uh, I'm going to put them 21. Okay, um, it is as bad as you think it is. Oh, 29. Uh, they're actually tw they're 28. Um, oh, God. Um, they're actually, no, they did not score enough runs to move up. Um, and I, don't, I, don't, I haven't looked at the Royals' scores. I don't think the Royals have played yet today, so I don't. Way I don't too, I was way too kind. They'll move up. They are 28th um, as of Monday with a run differential of minus 37. So I guess that's going to move to minus 35. After today's games, uh, the Royals are right above them at minus 32. Um, right below them is the Colorado Rockies at minus 38 in run differential. I don't blame myself for being dumb on this. I blame this show that we didn't record this episode last week. Because had you asked me last week, I would have said they were 31st in the major in the majors with, <laughs> with with where they would rank with their run differential but because they've won a few games i'm all of a sudden right back in just as i thought i was out they pulled me back in mm -hmm. now i'm confident somewhere again and that's what'll kill you in this lifetime folks optimism and confidence now here's Over. the thing i don't care about run differential no not in the least because it doesn't really translate to the win-loss column right because Baseball is such a such a weird sport mm -hmm. in that, yeah, you can like you can readily go out and lose a game twelve to nothing and then win your next four games one oh two one yeah four one and like kind of like dominated those games, yeah, I mean look at the Tigers today just they just won. One to nothing and then four to three. Like, you know, I mean it's not not a whole lot of daylight there, so to speak. You're not gonna you're not gonna make back your minus run differential yeah. when you're, you know, pitching shutouts or winning one run games, whatever. So yeah, I, I get I get what you're going for there. I I don't care so much about that as much as I do about what's going on in the win loss column. That's by far the most important thing. So just keep it going, Tigers, please. You're on a five game win streak. When we record our next episode in two weeks, it could be a very different tune we're singing. But right now, we sound pretty good, and we're having fun. So kudos to the team. Uh, uh, the difference a week can make is insane. Now, 
Okay, I'm going to give you one more bonus question. Okay. How many, so the, the, the A's, worst start by a team, run differential-wise, first 15 games, since the 1988 Baltimore Orioles. How many games did the 1988 Baltimore Orioles win after starting with a worse than minus 62 run differential in their first 15 games? Oh, fuck. Um, and now keep in mind, I was just talking about how run differential doesn't, doesn't translate to wins and losses. Right. How many games did they win? Well, I just can only go off the Tigers' crappy pins. So they won 39 and 03 and 47 in 2019. Um, didn't the Orioles win like 44, like sometime in the 2010s, I want to say, or 45? I'm going to say the 88 Orioles won, based off that little hint you gave me too about your just stat you just said, I'm going to say they won 49 games. That's that's not bad. It was 54. Yeah. Um, and their their Pythagorean win loss, which is what factors in like runs versus runs allowed, blah blah blah, was fifty five and one hundred six. Mm-hmm. So I guess maybe it translates more than anything it does. What yeah. does baseball reference know that I don't know? True. Nothing. True. I'm clearly what, um, real quick though. Let me let me give you a number. And I'm sorry, we're just going on the Oakland A's right now, but I mean it's kind of the Comedy Central roast of the A's this season. <laughs> Let me throw a number your we way. Also, we also feel really good about our team right now, so we can, yeah. we feel like we, we, we can, can easily some shots. <laughs> Tom and I were texting last week, and we were just saying how it's going to be so miserable. And I've gotten all cocky because I've won five in a row, and I now I'm now I've all of a sudden I think I'm better than him, and uh, that's just not right. Tom, I love you. I'm sure we'll be back in the pits of hell with you sometime later this season. So please keep my seat warm. Um, Seventeen, the number of batters the Oakland A's walked. This past weekend, I believe against it was against the New York Mets, if I'm not mistaken. Just insane. Not only that, and I and I pose this question in our group chat, and I'll pose it to you right now, and then also to our listeners. What's worse? What is the worst thing, the most egregious thing the Oakland A's have done this season? Their overall state of the team, their play, the 17 walks, or the fact that there are possums running rampant, rampant in the Oakland A's coliseum so much that the mets broadcast team had to go to a completely different booth because there was a wild possum in the booth while they were trying to broadcast the game i mean it's got to be the possum yeah i mean i think that as much as the sorry there's a dog just like going nuts behind me right now um it's almost good for him or her it's almost like i'm in the oakland coliseum trying to broadcast (laughs) with a possum uh just hanging out and possums um, and dogs bark the same just so we're all the on the same possum, page the possum has got to be the the worst of it because like as much as the oakland a's are as an organization are trying to be like no we're not we're not trying to like suck so bad everybody just lets us move to vegas mm-hmm. it's like you're not you're literally not even keeping wild animals out of your stadium so that the broadcast team doesn't get rabies. Um, it's like it's like if if I had read that story or seen that headline, and it was like single A team in Omaha, Nebraska has to cancel game because possum is loose in visitors broadcast booth. I'd be like, well, this makes sense. This is a poduck little minor league team. I get that. 
folks, this is a major league baseball team. This is a major league baseball team that is having this much issue. I mean, God forbid, I mean, not God forbid, God, uh, God bless, excuse me, the Oakland A's fan base said, have you seen those games? I have seen a, I've seen libraries that have been more jam packed than, <laughs> than what you are seeing at a major league sporting event with the product the Oakland days are putting, we got to get Tom on the show sometime soon, because, and this is another question I'll pose to you real quick. Do the A's finish with a worse record than the 03 Tigers at 39 wins or the 2019 with 47? I think they're going to fall somewhere right between. I don't think they'll be worse than the 03 Tigers. I don't think they'll be better than the 2019 Tigers. I don't. I think this yeah. team, and I could be wrong. I, I've been wrong a ton on this show. I, that, that's, a, that's a fact, but uh, 40, 41 to 42 wins I see for the A's right now. They are just abysmal. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I don't, I don't know how they turn it around. Um, like, I know it's still early. There's still time, but it's not like the organization is committed to doing anything that could help them. Um, and and anybody, when the Oakland days, anybody who shows a little bit of of talent, they're gonna they're gonna send them away. Yeah, and when the Oakland days inevitably sweep the Detroit Tigers because I think they've got a really good record against the Tigers in regular season play, you know, for however many seasons now, um, at least recent seasons, um, I will eat a live possum live on the show. And then that will also coincidentally be not only our final episode of the Michigan and Trumbull podcast, but my final moments in life, because I will be dead, much like the Oakland Day as an organization. It's true. All right, Luke, that's going to do it for this episode. Have a good week. Go Tigers. Have a great week. Keep the win streak alive, boys.